Hi, my name is Amber Aga and I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. And today's podcast is um, is looking at our journey through life and our experiences and what I like to term our initiations that eventually bring us into a place of power. So really it's the initiation of life that I'd like to spend a bit of time just looking at today. There's something that I hear a great deal uh, in sessions, in healing sessions with clients, and even just in general conversations often with people about one's life experiences, about um, one's healing journey perhaps, or one's journey to greater knowledge or um understanding of oneself and the world around us is that the experiences of the past perhaps the things that happened in our childhood and our teens and our 20s 30s whatever whatever the past is for you or for that particular person that there are experiences amongst that pot that we would rather just hadn't happened uh, or that we're uh, ashamed of in some way or we feel guilty or we feel are less than who we are we should have known better. We, uh, we'd rather not talk about it to people because somehow we feel that it lowers our status in the eyes of others. And by this I mean those experiences of what are often taboo subjects still, unfortunately, in, in some sections of society, predominantly because as a community, especially in the West, as a world community, there are so few occasions for us to sit in circle and to actually share our stories and come to realize that our stories are, yes, very much molded to us and to what our learnings perhaps have needed to be, yet they're not unique to us. There is a common thread in all our stories that that we will find, should we sit in circle, is shared amongst all of us as a world community. But because we don't often have that sense of sharing and community, it can lead to a sense of isolation and guilt and shame and a feeling that our stories are somehow our dirty secrets. We don't wish to share, we don't wish to talk about it. And if we do end up sharing or talking about, we feel that we will be judged. And sometimes we are judged. Again, because there isn't, I believe, enough of this sharing of these stories so that they don't become so shocking to the ear and to the heart they we just accept them and the closest and most profound way I have found of accepting these events in one's life is to see them as initiations now what kind of events do I mean I mean as I said those those in inverted commas taboo subjects abuse addiction crossing of boundaries in some way um what would be sometimes classified as criminal behavior. I'm not going to go into great detail about each specific event that could have happened in someone's life because this covers a myriad. And in that, there could be some truly taboo subjects, such as the taking of another's life, perhaps, or the violation of another, perhaps. So I'm not going to delve into the the rights and the wrongs of these actions because that's not what this podcast is about. What it is about is looking at those experiences that may have happened to us, that we may have been a part of, 
that we were a part of because we were there in our lives and to ask ourselves continuously, what was my learning? And to see some events as sacred initiations. Often with uh, certain forms of behaviour, and let's look at addiction for example, self-medication, um, and that's addiction of anything, actually, because it could be addiction of substances, it could also be addiction of self-harm in some way. These are, for me, a part of us, our spirit, a part of us that wish, wishes to, to cleanse, to purge, to heal, going through an initiation in the best way that we knew how. Often the term self-medication will be used around addictions like alcohol or drugs. But other addictions as well, food, sex, um, it's, it's a way of making oneself feel better, numbing the pain, filling up the inner void, drowning out the memories of perhaps past events. And so a substance is ingested or an act is performed that for that brief period of time takes us out of the pain. It's self-medication. What I found the most healing way to look at this is a part of us is trying to heal us, perhaps in, in not the best way possible. However, the thing to remember is we did not necessarily engage in those behaviours because we were um, evil or because we were um, wrong, or because we were dirty, or because that's a part of us that needs to be locked away and never thought of again. Perhaps a way of looking at it is, we were so in pain that we undertook certain behavioural patterns to ease the pain in us. I do not mean that this is a justification for what those addictions may then have gone on and created in other people's lives. Because as we know, addictions can then create a ripple effect and a, a, an addiction very rarely just affects the person who's, who's addicted. It will affect the people around them and so on. So this isn't a justification for those actions to say, oh, well, you know, it's right that, that so-and-so was hurt because of your addiction because you were in pain. It's a way of taking the pressure off oneself and it's a way of no longer doing this thing, which I've noticed come up a fair bit, of compartmentalizing ourselves. That was the bad me. That was the addicted me. I'm no longer that bad, addicted, dirty person. I'm now, or want to now be, this wonderful, clean, spiritual, love and light person. As far as I'm concerned, there is no such thing as that. We are not one or the other. We live in a universe of polarity, of shadow and light. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. We have daylight, we have night time. Neither is good nor bad, both simply are. Both simply are expressions of what is. Therefore one's behaviour, whether it's destructive or it's beautifying, is an expression of what is, an expression of you. And in moments of pain, one's behaviour may be uh, more destructive. And in moments of joy or love, it may be more beautifying. But one is not wrong and the other is not right. Uh, to label it as such can sometimes lead us into a spiral. There are universal truths in our lives. 
and these universal truths are those that shall have been passed down from ancient texts, from the ancients. And these universal truths are one that we, ones that we all know at a core level, that we shall not harm another intentionally, that we shall not steal from another, that we shall not take the, the life of another, that we shall not live a life of falsehood, that we shall walk with grace and love on this planet, we shall not damage our environment. Ultimately, these universal truths are about embodying a state of love, because when we're in that state of love, when we embody it, we cannot help but then be that in the world. If we're embodying love, why would we choose to then hurt another, or hurt our planet, or lie to another? Love is, is fearless, and, and, and that energy is able to transform anything. So these universal truths apply to our lives, of course they do. But we can sometimes fall into the trap of then labelling things right and wrong, rather than just accepting them for what they are. When we put a judgment on a way of being, we've already created a block to actually accepting it. And in order to heal something, we need to accept it first, sometimes in all its ugliness. So for me, when looking back at our pasts, our addictions, our behaviours, the things that we truthfully may wish never happened, it does not serve us to judge those events it does not serve us to blame ourselves, nor does it necessarily always serve us to blame others that may have been involved in those events. What we ask from those events, and in order to get to a place of forgiveness of the past, and again we cannot let go of the past when we, until we have truly been uh, sat with it, understood it, accepted it, forgiven it, and then released it. In order to forgive a past event that may have happened to us or that may, or we may have done to another, we shall need to accept that it happened in the first place, that it is neither right nor wrong, it happened. And that the pain around it to be released, there needs to be forgiveness of any grievance we may be feeling towards the person or people that may have been involved with it. And how do we forgive? We forgive by coming to understand that in every experience is a learning for us. And in every experience, those that were involved in that experience did the best that they could, the only way they knew how. Now that's quite a challenging thing to sit with, especially if we've been hurt at a very deep core level, perhaps at a young age. To then look back at the past and, and look to someone who may have been our abuser in some way, say, whether, you know, whatever kind of abuse that was, and to say they did the best that they could, is quite a, a challenging place to, to immerse oneself in. Yet being in that space allows us to come out of the place of judgment, where we say, I am right and you are wrong, to come into a place of acceptance, and to allow us to forgive, because then we come to understand if the other person is, doing the best that they could, did the best that they could. What does it serve us to hold on to a grievance, an anger, a resentment, a hatred around that person or that act? I think I've mentioned this before in, in past podcasts. I remember someone once saying to me that being angry at someone from our past, say, or currently in our lives, because they're not measuring up to how we would like them to be, is that similar 
to getting frustrated or angry at someone who's in a wheelchair and isn't walking. We're expecting someone to do something which they are simply not capable of doing. And our acceptance is is enough and then therefore forgiveness comes in accepting that they did the best that they could and on some level there was an emotional handicap that meant that they were not able to give us what it was that we needed in that moment. That emotional handicap may have translated into an abuse in some way because for them that was the best that they could do. Who knows what their inner stories were, their inner demons, their inner shadows, their pasts that they had yet to come to terms with, that they had yet to release and forgive. And so the cycle, the pattern goes on and on and on. And it's important to remember that when we're doing this healing work and we're sitting in that space of pain and grief or anger or sadness or frustration or whatever it may be about our past and the people that were involved in those situations, that we don't place ourselves in some kind of um, fairy tale where we were the the victim and the others were the evil perpetrators that we actually look at our so-called inverted inadverted commas evil perpetrators and in time ask well surely something will have led them to have been who they were if someone abused us at some level something will have led them to being that person whatever it was and perhaps you know their story and perhaps you don't. Again, it's never really about justifying their behavior or ignoring your pain. It's about coming to understand it and coming to understand the initiation that is life. Um, and, that, and that actually quite interestingly leads into this, something that comes up again in um, often in healing journeys, whether it's with clients, I've also just witnessed it in general in our, in our society at certain stages, is this desire to be better than who we were, which is a wonderful desire to want to grow and grow and learn and evolve, be all we came here to be. But this desire is sometimes quite fixated on wanting to be love and light, wanting to be ascended, wanting to be enlightened, wanting to be a guru. I'm not sure what any of these terms actually mean. Um, wanting to be spiritual. I'm, again, I'm not sure what that term means. We are spirit. We're having a physical, dense, matter-filled experience of shadow and light. That's why we're here, to learn on earth school, as it's sometimes called. If we're wanting to be this ascended, lotus position, sitting, levitating guru and we want to put we want to purge ourselves of all the stuff that isn't of that put it in a box and say that wasn't me the new me is this light-filled love and light angelic being we are denying the very things that have brought us to be in this very space of perceived sometimes enlightenment it's very rare that any being any human being came onto this earthly plane fully embodied as spiritual, enlightened, guru-like, whatever it is that you want to call that, the idea that we have of perfection. We came here as, as, as that, in a sense, as the baby, as the child. And, and we had, hopefully, 
some blissful months and years when we were that, when we were held in that safe space of coming straight from the spirit world, being so open and connected to the spirit world, so full of the light and love of the divine. Yes, children have that, animals have that. Children have that to a great extent because they have come straight from those spiritual realms. But for some children, very quickly, that is, that is, um, that is erased from them, in a sense. That is muddied for them. Some children have their boundaries crossed at a very young age. Some babies have their boundaries crossed at a very young age. And the stories start then. The forgetting starts then. The forgetting of one's divinity. And what starts is the learning, is the initiations. It's a, it's a funny little journey that we go on. We come here and we are perfect, whatever, again, that word means, because we are of the divine. We come here filled with all that light and that love, and then our lives take us on a journey, a journey of initiation. Now, why do we go on that journey of initiation? There are so many, many different answers to this. On some level, what I have found to be the most empowering is, is the suggestion that a part of us has chosen to have these experiences before we came here, before we incarnated, because there were certain lessons that we needed to learn from another lifetime, perhaps. If you don't believe in past lives, then, then perhaps, uh, perhaps this may not resonate with you. Um, but there were certain lessons that we needed to learn. Perhaps we needed to learn about boundaries. Perhaps we needed to learn about speaking our truth. Perhaps we needed to learn about um, integrity or love. Now, how are these lessons going to be delivered to us? Well, they're not going to be delivered to us neatly packaged in a textbook or on a plate, really. Often we learn these lessons by being given the very opposite of that that we are seeking to learn? How do we learn to love by being given the very opposite of love that forces us to be in a space to learn how to love? How do we learn boundaries? Not by being given boundaries. We learn boundaries by having them taken away from us so that we spend our, our learning period uh, trying to embody what that is, to have a boundary in one's life, energetically, physically, spiritually, emotionally, sexually, whatever that may be for you. This is how our learnings come about. How do we learn to forgive? We learn to forgive by having to forgive something that we feel is unforgivable. How do we learn to surrender? We learn to surrender by being placed in such a position in our lives where we have no other alternative than to surrender. This is how we learn. And on some level, our soul believed that we needed these learnings in this lifetime. On some level... Now, I do understand that if there isn't a some kind of spiritual belief that, that uh, around these events in one's life, it can feel as if we're being punished and we've been abandoned. And fundamentally, I do not believe that. However, my journey has meant that I had stages in my life where I did believe that. I did believe that there was nothing out there and that I had been abandoned and I was being punished. And actually moving through those states of being and understanding... I came to uh, another side and, a, and another way of, of truly coming to understand experiences in my life. So everyone will walk their own path in coming to understand experiences in their life. But I only share this to say that regardless of what your belief system may be around souls or spirit or what is or isn't out there, 
it still serves us to look at events in our life and see them as empowering rather than as disempowering and something that we were a victim of. This phrase, victim or survivor, some people find that very empowering and that's wonderful if they do. Great, you know, we have to use what works for us. Personally, I don't find it empowering. It implies that somehow something was imposed on us and uh, um, and we were powerless rather than we were actually probably so filled of power at that time that we were able to survive that event or those events and what courage it took to survive those events and to now be in a space to be able to look back at those events and to find a way to heal them from a place of self-love and non-judgment, from a place that is free of guilt, free of regret, from a place of true mastery. Um, There's a wonderful lady called Camilla. She runs a charity called Kids Company. In a video that um, was filmed a, a few years back, I believe, She talks about the company and the work that they do. It's a wonderful charity that works with disadvantaged children in London and in the UK. And she says that often children who have grown up in in difficult home situations, whatever that may be, however that deprivation may have manifested itself, can grow up into teenagers or adults who are slightly difficult perhaps to handle or are perceived as being... um, Uh, challenging in some way and are judged automatically judged Um, and what she says so beautifully and I'm merely paraphrasing is she talks about the courage of these children she says that every day these children wake up with the belief that life will be different today And the very same people that have hurt and abused them, they will forgive the next day and often go to them again in that space of forgiveness and love. That such is their courage, such is their capacity to love and to forgive. And they keep on doing that even into teenage and adult years, even though there may now be anger and resentment around many areas of their life, there is still that spirit that propels them forward. To live, to live, to keep showing up every day for life. That in itself deserves so much respect. There is an age, I believe, and I believe it's up until we reach teenage years. That's kind of what I've noticed in in healings and in people's stories. When that, that clean slate of the child is, um, is, is really evident. You know, from just before teenage and puberty hits and and thinking and ways of thinking expand and we experience the world in different ways, children will continue to forgive every day those very situations, those very people that have hurt them in some way. And so often I will hear from, from clients in sessions how stupid they feel that they didn't say anything about an abuse or that they didn't speak up or that somehow they must have done something wrong when they were children because they didn't do more. And I think the most incredible thing to remember about childhood stories is the ability of that child to forgive every day and to survive every day that then turned into the teenager that continued to survive 
perhaps through not so great behavior such as addictions or playing up in some way and the adult that continue to survive again perhaps not through such um, healthful behavior that continue to show up for life I don't even mean survive as in you know clawing onto life I mean showing up for life every single day so when we're on our healing journey, we look back at our past experiences and we judge them. Do you see how much power we immediately strip ourselves of? We immediately say that we are somehow wrong in some way and disempowered rather than seeing that incredible gift and strength that we house that has allowed us to continue with life in whatever way we could, the best way that we could to get to this space now. All that strength all that tenacity, all that will, all that spirit. It's there, it lies in every single person that has experienced something in their life that they feel has been damaging on some level, yet they are still here to tell the tale of it, the story of it. What power you house. That is why these experiences are our initiations, because we look back, we see how truly powerful, magnificent we are, that we were able to live those stories and now, now hopefully be in a place to heal and release them with with grace and with honour to say thank you to that story. You've served me well, you've brought me this far, but I don't need you anymore because I have new stories to create. I've learnt that lesson, I've learnt forgiveness, surrender, boundaries, love, I've learnt it, thank you. And now I wish to have my learnings in another way. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've just seen it just change so much. It's such a small shift to go from judgment to love. I've seen it change so much in people's healings. But when we compartmentalise, and this is whether we're doing it in our own journeys or whether, whether we're observing other people, and asking them to be a certain way, um, asking them to be spiritual, to be enlightened. They're not allowed to be vulnerable or pain in pain or angry, or uh, they're not allowed to share stories that that may um, be of addictions or or harmful behaviour because somehow it's not who they're meant to be, they're meant to be these enlightened guru-like beings, there's no such thing, there's absolutely no such thing, and the minute we start to accept that, that we dance between these worlds, we have a choice in every given moment, where we choose to put our attention, what we choose to be, how we choose to respond to a situation, that's what defines who we are, but that is constantly changing in every given moment. We can respond to a situation from judgment or anger or from love and acceptance. And it's quite a challenge in everyday life to, to, to consistently be in that place of love and acceptance. So some of this podcast and just airing this is to any out there who have experiences in your life, in your lives, that you feel ashamed of or guilty around, or that you don't understand why they happened, or you feel angry around, or you feel like... You know, you wish that part of your life had never happened and you want to be this better person, you want to be this spiritual, elevated, guru-like person, whatever whatever term you want to use. I say to you, it doesn't work that way in my experience. I say to you that those very things that you want to bury and 
when you're ashamed of and, and, you, and you want to hide are your beautiful blessed initiations and will show you how much power you really house because in those experiences will be your medicine for this world will be your learnings when you truly start to see those experiences as a way of you accessing your medicine and by medicine I mean your gift for this world then you're able to transform your pain and turn it into sweetness turn it into nectar for others and for yourself to those out there that are witnessing, have witnessed others in pain or witness others sometimes dance between pain and joy and you want them to be more joy, you want them to be more love and light and angelic, I say to you there is no such thing. Allow your neighbours, your brothers and your sisters to dance between the shadow and the light. There is no such thing as just being one. It is such an unhealthy way of looking at ourselves and others when we want them to be just one thing, when we want to be just one thing. It is simply not possible. It is so limiting. We look at the mythology of the gods and the goddesses. All of them are depictions, reflections, refractions of one core energy of the divine, of the mother-father-god energy. And we see it reflected in so many different myriad shades from the goddess Bridget to the goddess Kali. You couldn't get more different than, say, the goddess Bridget or the goddess Kali. Is one bad and one better? Is one more what we want and the other isn't? No. They're all reflections of the divine. Is nature just one thing? Are we always in summer? Is the sun always shining? No. Winters can be harsh and cruel. Nature can show us the cruelty of life, the harshness of life. It's neither bad nor good, it just is. When we learn to accept that, we learn to stop putting judgments, and we learn to, to transform what has happened to us and to others through love. There is nothing more beautiful than sitting in a circle and sharing our stories and having them accepted, listened to. Because it's that listening, that acceptance, which is about love, that shall transform those, those stories into medicine. For a circle and for the individual who shares their shame, their grief, their loss, their guilt. But toxicity is the seed of judgment. When we hear a story and we think, well, that's awful, how could you do that? Well, that's awful that you... you uh, drank too much, it's awful that you stole, it's awful that you lied, it's awful that you cheated on your partner, you better make sure you never do that again, because that's not you, you're a good person, the minute we plant that seed of judgment, we stop that story, that event, from blossoming into the learning, and into the medicine, that it is for the person who experienced it, judgment is a killer, of our growth, of our healing. There's a way of working that has evolved over the last six years for me, which I'm finally consolidating and have consolidated into what I now call what has been guidance from the spirit realms, the core wound healing sessions. And this podcast has been inspired actually by the work that is coming up in those sessions around our core wounds, which often we view 
or hold so close to us with feelings of shame, um, disgust, embarrassment, sorrow, grief, um, and, and, and judgment. And what I have found to be transforming in, in the healing sessions is to come into a space of acceptance and to start to see those wounds as our initiations. Sweet, sweet medicine initiations. And that's been such a great, uh, just uh, unlocker to healing. I've experienced that for myself personally. When I've taken the judgment eye, the judging eye, off myself and things from my past and accepted them with love and seen them as my medicine for the world and for me and by the world I mean me because we are one and witnessing it in others now in in healings is, is truly incredible and so this podcast is really inspired by the work that is happening at the moment on many levels but that I'm witnessing personally in healing sessions And I just felt the need to share this. We are at a place right now, and people will be feeling this in many different ways, on many different levels, of coming to a place of acceptance of our pasts and releasing all that does not serve us. Again, that term. And really that means all that is holding us back. And we're held back when we're locked in a place of fear or judgment or anger or resentment. Basically anything that isn't love. And so what I have found to be so releasing is to look at our stories, our pasts, through love, through acceptance as initiation. And this is why initiations occur in communities, in shamanically, the burial, the, the sitting out, firewalks, whatever the, those initiations are, to, to learn, to grow, to face our shadow aspects. They don't go away just because we focus more on the light. They don't go away because we bought a really pretty necklace the other day and we said some mantras. They don't go away. They're not going to go away. They are who we are. We are shadow and light. And it's a beautiful dance that we do between the two. So I wish you much joy and and flow and surrender in this dance between the shadow and the light of your lives. Uh, please have a look at the website should you want to know more about the Core Wound Healing Sessions. I'm excited about the work, so I'm sharing it. There's no pressure to, to, um, to resonate with it, but it's on the website under the Healings tab, which is www.sacredspacehealing.org, and that's all one word. Regardless of that, I wish you so much joy as you navigate those aspects of yourself and come to terms with accepting all events in your life, all the stories that make you up into the rich, incredible being that you are, that we all are. And so until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.